Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. Low-code, no-code tools are not new. Excel is a classic example. Every marketing, finance, and admin department probably have a ton of Excel sheets, which should be hundreds of lines of code. There are many other tools like that. But recently, low-code, no-code tools have become a category of their own. In today's conversations, Lee and I are going to discuss this trend and how developers should approach these tools. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the Gravitas Wins Conversations. Hey, Joseph. Thanks a lot for having me on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, Lee, how did you start with this low-code, no-code industry? How did you get into it? What are your initial experiences with this, Lee? Yeah, so... Really, my experience goes back when I started uh, in, in in the design and web industry, and that was back in as far back as 1998. Um, so I, I studied graphic design at college, uh, university, and I went into my first job, which was a web design role. Uh, I kind of majored or focused on web design, which was just um, really just getting going back in 1998, mm-hmm. as you probably remember. Um, and I I wanted to code, but I, I, I didn't naturally take to it. Um, I tried to learn HTML, which is all we had for the web then. And I found myself using something called um, sh- uh, Adobe Director or Adobe Shockwave, as some people might know it. It was an early version of Flash. And what I found was I could build interactive apps with this application without having to code. Um, and from there, I, I kind of went on into my web design career, worked for a few agencies and began building websites in uh, things like Dreamweaver and Flash. And that was really the beginning of my my no-code journey. I found that while I wanted to code, I found that tools like that and tools like you mentioned at the beginning um, enabled me to do what I wanted to do without having to code. But back then, you didn't tell anyone that you weren't coding. You just carried on and made it look like you were. Uh, And then more recently, kind of around the pandemic, I got into no code more. I had some ideas, my own ideas for apps, and I got into using Bubble um, and built a, a my first app with my co-founder Edmund uh, just shortly after the pandemic in bubble. Um, and that was really my kind of opened up my passion for no code and developing in bubble. Thank you. In, in your own words, since you come from this Adobe director of the shockwave to now the bubbles and other tools. Yeah. How will you define low code, no code, as a tool or a platform as a tool i guess the, i guess the difference and going back to what you asked me at the beginning the difference now is that you can build web apps very powerful web apps similar to what you can encode and that's what these tools do and that's how i would define them no code meaning uh you don't have to write any code you know you've mm-hmm. got frameworks and things in many ways, it feels like you're coding because uh, things like Bubble, you're still using logic, you're still setting things up, you, you know, you still got different systems that you're using, different frameworks, but you're not writing kind of 
raw code from scratch in the way that you are with code. And I think to define low code a bit, me to me, low code kind of bridges that gap between no code and code. Um, I've done some low code development recently in a contract I had, and we were building in no code, but we were using bits of code, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, to bridge that gap, to do a bit more with that no code tool, the, to make it more up to speed, if you like, with, with, with code, um, to achieve what we wanted in that project. Okay. Now, you already talked about the difference between the low code and the no yeah. code. Within this particular ecosystem of low code and no code, are there categories of tools or there are only two categories, everything is low code or no code or, or there are other categories? Yeah, the, I, I guess it, it's changing all the time. And the, in terms of in terms of no code, there's categories, there's different kind of tools. So just to, to talk about that quickly, you'd have, say, a web app, uh, an app that another one might be an app that can build a app store type app you know one that you'd find in the apple store or the google play store and then you might have one that is more of a kind of website builder so those are the kind of different categories you might have automations as well you get lots of no code tools that build those automate those automations uh, in low code the categories are kind of the same but i would say low code is kind of a bit more um the 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 lines are a bit more blurred because and the categories are a bit more blurred because because again sometimes you're using code so and sometimes you're using different no code tools so yeah with with definitely with no code there's more kind of categorization uh, of what you would use those those tools for okay most of the examples i have seen of the low code no code how at least i heard about them yeah we're all from indie makers. They yeah. would say, hey, I built this particular, yeah. I think you also built a visual app and, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Is that where the low-code, no-code is serving or are there any corporate examples of how the low-code, no-code is getting used? There's definitely corporate examples. And to, to try and answer this quickly, not go down too much of a rabbit hole, as you said, I started building my own apps. But as I got into it, as I start, started to enjoy it, I started to investigate what no-code, low-code jobs are out there. And I was amazed to find there were jobs. There's jobs advertised each week. I run a uh, a newsletter for Bubble Developers. And each week we find between 10 and 15 different Bubble jobs. And that's just from Bubble. Uh, and then if you look at Webflow and that, lots of different corporate uh, businesses of different types, SaaSes, uh, established businesses um, are using no-code tools to build their in-house, either their in-house or their marketing-facing products using no-code and low-code. Uh, one quick example, I was working for a fintech company here in the UK um, just a few months ago. Um, their business was around... Um, white good repairs so they book the engineers and where previously they did that with a development team they've got their whole you know um web app and everything more recently they've been turning to no code and low code to do to be able to test ideas a lot faster than they can with with code 
Okay. So you talked about this marketing and some of the in-house tools are getting built in the low-code, no-code. Yeah. In that particular line of thought, what are the kinds of projects or products which are better suited for low-code, no-code? Can 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 I develop any application in low-code, no-code? Or are there any kind of project, okay, this is well-suited for this? Yeah, I guess, I guess both is true. Um, I mean, like you said, I mean, no-code... And low code is great for minimum viable products. You know, you've got an idea and you want to test that idea. And that's where I think both indie makers and, you know, you mentioned the corporate side of things, the established businesses are using no code tools. It's to, they've got an idea and they don't want to throw all the development time, all their engineers into that project. They just want to test that idea and use no code to kind of get it off the ground. But having said that, people are launching full-scale uh, businesses and apps in no code and, and not turn into code. Um, one example, and, and these businesses are, or these startups are are also going and getting funding, you know, get, getting mm-hmm. venture capitalist funding. Uh, one example of that that springs to mind is an app called Swapstack which helps um, creators uh, add affiliate codes to their newsletters. And that app has got both funding. It's got a reasonably large team behind it. Um, And uh, it's all built in bubble, which is one of one of the no code or my main no code tools. So, so yeah, both is true, but it does tend to be to kind of test out an idea to test an MVP at least initially. But I think it's very exciting because we're seeing more and more apps stay mm. in that no-code tool. Now, one of the thing, one of the concerns that corporates and also the large organizations yeah. have to move to this low-code, no-code is about the fear of vendor lock-in. Yeah, yes. Are these applications portable from one to the other or is it kind of okay if i develop in bubble it'll have to be in bubble if i develop in a mobile app development suite then it'll have to be in that is there is there any kind of a vendor lock-in car can it be portable it, it can be portable um especially with bubble what people tend to do especially developers i've seen developers use bubble uh and i'm not talking no code developers i mean you know traditional developers and i've seen them work with bubble developers like me and what they tend to do is build, say, the API in in code, you know, in their usual way, and then add on bits for Bubble, say, the front-end side of things, that then can either be changed if if they want to, you know, into code mm-hmm. if that part moves. There are other apps like Flutterflow and Builder, which can be turned to code as well. Um, so, yes, there is a bit of a lock-in. Maybe some of the web apps there's more lock-in you know once you're in there you can't it's not like with wordpress i don't know if you're familiar with wordpress yeah with wordpress the great thing about wordpress is it's you know it's based on php and mysql um some of the no code tools are like that they use they use real code um or they write in real code so there's different ways to do it and like, like i said the example with bubble um is a good way to do it is to kind of do a bit of both. And then if you find you want to go fully code then, or something else, then you can change that part without being fully 
locked in or committed. Okay. So in bubble, what, what I listened from you is it is a no code tool, which means I have developed it. If I want to change something, then that particular piece will have to be taken out and then I'll have to code that. But whereas in a Flutterflow, once I have designed a screen, I can download that as a code. So which means I can actually go and change it, change that particular piece of code to the liking that I want. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. More probably more so with builder. I must uh, say that I'm not. I don't. I'm not a Flutterflow developer. Okay. But the, what I understand about Flutterflow is it's um, connected to Google's, or it's related to Google's development um, language for apps, which is Flutter. Um, so my understanding is that there's that easy transition between between those two. Um, okay. And then again, with with Builder, the framework, it's all it's all um, CSS and you know traditional code. So uh, you can you can export or write in Builder uh, as you as you need. Okay. Okay. Now, while developing, say for example, I'm a corporate. I want uh, I want certain marketing tools to be built. Yeah. Yeah. What are the costs that I'm looking at? One is obviously the cost for uh, the developer, let's say, for example, yeah. if I were to hire you, then the, the cost that I will pay yeah. you. Yeah. And then there's going to be a licensing cost for bubble or any other tool that I pick up. Yeah. Are these yeah. the two co- uh, costs that I'm looking at? Are there other ongoing costs? What are the total costs that I'm looking at? Yeah. The, so it would be the developer or number, numbers of developers uh, like you would with uh, normal programming development. You would have, if if you're using a particular tool like Bubble, then you would have whichever plan you need, needed. Bubble have, and many other no-code tools do this as well. They have different plans according to your needs. Bubble, for example, have like what they call professional, personal, and then they have uh, enterprise. I think they call it enterprise or agency. Um and so, meaning, you know, you, you get a lot more capacity and, uh, you know, space and more features and things, more relevant, more users, more seats, those kind of things. So that's the kind of cost that you'd be looking at. One thing you can do, again, and I'm talking about Bubble, one thing you can do with Bubble is develop, say, your front end on Bubble, but then you say, like, a different back end. Um, mm-hmm. So that can change your cost or make things more cost effective because you could use something like Xano as your back end um, or uh, something like backendness, one of those tools. Uh, again, that kind of refers back to your previous question because if you did that, it means you're not locked into one platform. Hmm. With something like hmm. Xano, you could move it to a different front end if, if you wanted. Um, I know of one developer who built something on Xano and he built the web app in Bubble, and he built the mobile app in Flutterflow, and it, it's all mm-hmm. very dynamic and uh, scalable. Okay, so there, there is even within the low code, no code, there is a tech stack, so to speak. Yeah, yes, for the, sure. The back end and the front end and the mobile, yeah. and okay, and each each developer, each agency has their own preferences and and ways of doing it. Um, my, my my recommendation, if you gonna start out is just to is not to get overwhelmed with all of that just maybe start with one of them and start on that journey and and see where it takes you 
yeah that that's a good uh, point uh, that was one of the question that i wanted to ask because as a cto and as a person who leads the development uh, initiatives one of the question is how can developers get into this you got into this as a designer yeah but as a developer how can i get into these low code no to no code tools how can i look at it what are the what is the approach i should have well yeah i mean i got into it as a designer but i also got it into a into it as a aspiring entrepreneur as someone who has these ideas and wants to build them and i think that's the main starting point is what is it what is your idea what do you mm-hmm. want to build what is it mm-hmm. you're looking to achieve um and then that's a good starting point and then let that shape which app you choose which mm-hmm. you know is it a web app is it a mobile app is it a calculator uh, is it a marketplace you know you know what is it you're trying to do and and then kind of look at maybe trying one of the two tools or three tools that i've mentioned um for what for what you want to achieve mhm okay so you talked about marketplace as as one of the option so is it possible to build marketplaces also with these low code no code tools yes yes 100% in fact it's one thing that many of the no code tools all do really well um even if you take one of the easier to use ones like softer uh, people mm-hmm. are building marketplaces on softer uh, using airtable as the back end and the great thing about softer is it integrates with stripe very simply and easily um mm-hmm. compare it to bubble there's a bit more setup to do with bubble and stripe a bit more development to do um mm-hmm. so but yeah marketplace is 100% i i would say nearly all uh of the web app no code tools can build marketplaces okay that's good to know now so as a developer we talked about how we can get into it but look at it from an it services company and the primary job today of an it services company is get a project or a product from or an idea from the client and develop it in a coding language so to speak yeah. how can they approach this what do you think is the future of this it services company so to speak i think going back to some of the things we talked about earlier on in this chat about um testing out ideas i think i think for that particular kind of business you could use it to test out ideas that your client wants to do uh at speed at pace um and i think that's a good way to you know and and also prototype things as well and i think that's a good way to you know um retain customers and also uh inspire your customers you know in what you're doing and make things cost effective for them um mm. again test out these ideas do things for them i also think i also think we're moving into a time where we've got to be flexible with how we develop because i think mm. more, more people are wanting to develop themselves and you may have a client who's built something maybe they've built something in softer or airtable they maybe they've built an mvp but they need your help to take it to the next level that's mm-hmm. where those kind of partnerships and openness to collaborate i think it's going to be important wonderful yes uh, there are there are a lot of opportunities there uh, yeah. lee what do you think 
like now we have this uh, low code no code which is kind of democratized this development yeah then there is there's a whole wave of cloud and then there is generative ai what do you think is going to be the future of this low code no code uh, tool where, where where does it go yeah. what do you think yeah where does it go yeah it's i i must admit i must admit this keeps me up at night i have been thinking about this a lot very recently obviously with chat gpt especially because my kind of bubble developer career only started about a year ago and uh-huh. i'm kind of looking at ai and i'm going is it going to make that new career i found for myself um obsolete so uh-huh. yeah i think to call that prediction is going to be hard for me because i think i'll scare myself <laughs> <laughs> and maybe people listening but i think i think at the moment where we're at is um you developers using both no code and you know traditional developers using ai to develop um i've used it recently like if i look at an api and i don't understand uh-huh. it i've uh-huh. asked uh, ai or chat gpt3 to explain it to me and i've been amazed at the results so i think that's uh-huh. the first step i think we're going to use it to help us and make us better developers both no both no code developers and traditional developers i think beyond that we are going to get to a stage where it does it for us but i think <laughs> i think it is true and i've i've heard people say this about development now i think you're still going to need to understand what you want it to do mm-hmm. um in order to get it to do most of the work for you, you you're going to need to know what the results are and how to communicate with ai in order to get it to do those things and again with simple tasks like now like i used it to um code up a subscription um box you know for an email newsletter and to put some css styling it did it really well but i had mm-hmm. to tell it what i wanted i had to tell it mm. i couldn't say make it look pretty and it it just do it i had to kind of say okay put this line width around it, put a bit of shadow and that kind of thing. So I think that's going to be true for a long while as AI gets more and more uh, intelligent. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting times, uh, Lee. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on now? Like, as you said, you got into this a year, year, year and a yeah. half ago, and then you are working on this bubble and software and a uh, few other tools. and then there is already a chat gpt so what are you working on now how are you equipping yourself yes yeah, so i've just finished the contract i was working on a, con- a bubble development contract i'm giving myself a bit of time and space to explore some projects that i'd started some side projects um one of them's with our fellow good friend uh, satya which is called y visuals which is an app to allow anyone to create visuals if they're not a designer uh it's kind of a I'm not going to call it AI but it's it's that kind of ilk where you just put in some prompts and it helps you create a visual. Um so that's what we're building Satya and I and that's for conceptual thinkers, um teachers, uh, marketers, writers, people who want a visual but don't want to create the visual themselves. So we're working on that. Um I'm also running a Bubble Jobs newsletter for bubble developers so um that's been growing quite steadily but i'm working on getting some sponsors for that 
uh, and maybe to grow the newsletter a bit further. And then I'm also going to be playing with AI and bub- Bubble. That's one of my main <laughs> things. I want to see. All of us will that... have to do that. Uh, yeah. I want to see All where that us. takes where that takes me. Yeah, uh, Bubble and Noco. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where can people find you, Lee? On um, they can find me on Twitter. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Lee Launches, uh, which is the name I go under. Uh, and then also on LinkedIn, same uh, handle, uh, LinkedIn.com uh, Lee Launches is my LinkedIn handle. Yeah, love to connect with you there. Love connecting with people. Reach out to me in DMs. Happy to answer any questions you might have about Bubble or any other any of the other projects that I'm involved in. Uh, thank you, Lee, for taking the time to talk to me about the low-code, no-code journey that you have and then some of the future that it is going to hold. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joseph. It's been great. Really enjoyed it. Been fun. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed our conversations. Do not forget to check out that Y Visual app that Lee talked about. Uh, it's an amazing tool. And have a life of Vince.